Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to JPD Weekly. Glad to be talking with you today. So we got some exciting things to get to. Um, first off, hey, got a new background and a couple new angles, too. So that's kind of cool. Um, but also, mainly what I want to talk about today is uh, the theology of the Essenes. There was a lot of things that the, the Essenes went through um, around the time of Christ, even a uh, little bit before, that we're kind of seeing repeating today. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that. Now, the Essenes um, aren't just like one thing. So a lot of times, you know, people will say the Essenes were this or the Essenes were that, and sometimes they're all right, even when uh, when they say con- seemingly conflicting things. But the Essenes were kind of like any other religious group. They had uh, different factions. There were different branches. Um, but there was a remnant of believing Essenes that, that was pretty much our Christianity. Uh, now, there were you know Gnostic Essenes in Egypt, uh, and that would be like, you know, today we have uh, New Agers that call themselves Christians. It, it's kind of like how today uh, a lot of people call themselves Christians, but not a lot of them actually are Christians. Not a lot of them are living for Christ. You know, you have people that are just full-blown New Agers, and they but they call themselves uh, Christians. And I should know because I used to be in that camp. I used to uh, be a New Ager who thought that I was just living out like an extension of Christianity. Like I still, I still maintain that Christ was the Savior and all that, but I added on all this extra weird doctrine. So um, I have since repented of that, of course. Uh, but the, the the Essenes had the same thing to deal with in their own camp, so they had uh, the Gnostics. Um, if you're not familiar with the Essenes, well, before, I'll, I'll get into a little bit of their history, but um, even in Qumran, you had different factions of Essenes that believed in different things. So Josephus uh, recorded this, and I believe Hippolytus did as well. I'd have to check that. But but Josephus did. He talked about the factions of the Essenes and how you had a, a remnant of believing Essenes, but then there were three other kind of branch-off groups uh, that didn't hold to the, the core like the core basically Christian doctrines. So you had some that uh, believe this, this is kind of funny because we we have this today in Christianity, but you had one group that basically believed everything was pagan, even to the point where they wouldn't um, carry coins because the coin had a picture of, you know, Caesar or whoever on it. And they considered that uh, idol worship. Um, and so basically everything was, was pagan. Uh, you had what was called the circumcision party, which was trying to uh, bring Gentiles under Jewish law, bring well, really under the Torah again, uh, whereas the, the believing Essenes would have been like, would have said that, okay, well, that was for 
the age of Torah, but we're in the age of grace now, and we have Messiah. He's come, and, and uh, so that that's what we have to deal with. Um, so they had that. That would be like the the extreme uh, Hebrew roots today, and then uh, and then there was. I am blanking. <laughs> Sorry. We got Pan Babylonians. We have the the circumcision party. Um, oh, and then the sacred namers. That's right. So also within the Essene camp, you had people who were really uh, focused on like not calling anybody Lord, like physically, like the, or specifically the word Lord, like not calling anybody Lord because that's reserved for God. So they wouldn't, you know call a king that or anything like that and and when you look into the specifics of that sect uh that's kind of close to our uh, sacred namers today where where you know basically if you don't pronounce the hebrew name exactly correctly then god won't hear you or something which is obviously ridiculous because that would mean that there's a lot of people um all throughout history that gave their lives to Christ, even were martyred for Christ, but weren't saved because they said the name of Jesus in their own language. So uh, you had those those three kind of offshoots from Essenes, uh, but there was, a, there was a remnant of believing Essenes, and the, these were left over from um, the Maccabees, and th- there's a whole history there of how the Pharisees and Sadducees came to be, and the Essenes broke off from them because they didn't like where they were going. Essenes used to be Pharisees, uh, but uh, the Essenes didn't like basically what the Pharisees were becoming. The Pharisees were starting to say that all of the um, all of the the law for the high priest was going to have to be applied to everybody, and so. Uh, the Essenes didn't didn't like that, so they broke off and they, uh, you know, in, the, in their writings they say the the Holy Spirit led them to uh, Qumran, and so that's where we get this group of scribes and priests that separated themselves from the rest of the Jewish community and leadership. Now they are the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls. They seemed to have disappeared sometime early in the first century and the general consensus is that nobody knows what actually happened to them uh, but once we actually understand the, the the theology of the Essenes it's easy to figure out where they went uh, but but and basically what happened with them is they became Christian I mean when you read the Dead Sea Scrolls and look at their theology and I'm not talking about um, you know there's a lot of things called you know, it's seen writings that that are they're either fake or they weren't found in Qumran or they're written by a scene somewhere else or you know there's a lot of weird Gnostic New Agey stuff floating around. But the actual remnant of believing Essenes, the the theology that we find described in the Dead Sea Scrolls is it's it's Christian. So the Essenes didn't disappear. When you when you read through their writings, they knew that the Messiah was going to come and was actually going to die for our sins. They knew that, um, and they have that in their writings on, in 32 AD. So when that happened, they all believed Messiah. They they came to Christ. They went out and preached the gospel. They became Christians, basically. Uh, so we come from these people, which is which is really amazing. Um, 
Now, the Essenes held prophecy to really high regard and claimed that prophecy actually never stopped with them, whereas the Pharisees claimed that there were uh, no more prophets after Malachi. Uh, so the, 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 uh, the Essenes kind of uh, interpreted their scripture through the testament of the patriarchs. So this would have been writings from uh, Adam up through Aaron. And the Pharisees said, well, that's, we used to have, you know, there used to exist a testament of the patriarchs, but what the Essenes have is fake. That's not real. And then the, the, the Pharisees had the oral Torah, which is where we get the Mishnah and the Talmud and stuff like that was from oral Torah. And the Essenes would say the oral Torah is totally made up and it's, it's not real. And so of those two, you know, we have to, we have to think about what's easier to believe. If you have a book, you know, Testament of the Patriarchs, and these are the first writings from Adam on down. Are you going to lose that? <laughs> is that going to, is that just going to become lost? How does that happen? Uh, because we can see the practices of the Jewish people all throughout history. I mean, they were scribes. They, they took, um, they made copies really, really, uh, uh, took a lot of time making, making these, uh, very detailed copies, you know, I mean, exact copies of all of their scriptures. So how how much does it make sense that you would have like what you're what you're interpreting your scriptures through, you know, uh the basis of all your writings and it just becomes lost. You know, it's not like they just had one copy somewhere under their under one of their beds and then it just it was gone one day. You know, they would have had a lot of copies of this stuff and there were actually some fragments of the testament of the patriarchs found in Qumran. So the Pharisees got to a point where they didn't uh, they didn't want to believe the Testament of the Patriarchs because it was conflicting too much with things that they were trying to get done. So they developed this oral Torah thing. Now, saying that an oral Torah is made up, now I could see that happening because it's oral. So who, who, there's no written record of it, you know, not until the, the, the Mishnah and the Talmud. So with there no being no uh, record, no written record, how could you compare it to anything and how could you really know that it was that it was real? Um so the Essenes had the Testament of the Patriarchs and uh, and a lot of stuff in there conflicted with what the Pharisees wanted to do. So the Pharisees claimed that there were no more prophets after Malachi uh, the, and, and they followed this oral Torah thing. Um, now the Essenes also claimed that they were using the correct godly calendar. Um, and this this is part of history on why why the Pharisees the Pharisees and the Essenes uh, broke up why they parted ways because the Pharisees according to the Essenes uh, the Pharisees adopted a pagan lunar calendar um, they they adopted that because they had an incoming power and the, the this 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 power was um, said you know okay well we're gonna take you guys over, but you got to, you guys got to adopt our calendar. So there's some, there's some history there. Uh, the Pharisees are the people that said, okay, you know, as long as we can still do our, our Jewish stuff, we'll, we'll adopt your calendar and your, your timing for things. Uh, whereas the people who became the Essenes said, no, you know, we, we have to hold the God's calendar because if we're doing, uh, if we're doing these feasts, if we're doing these rituals on the wrong day, you know, we're, we're going to get killed. And it's actually funny. You can look back in the history and um, before that time, from like the time of the beginning uh, up until that time, there was something like 
I don't know, about 20 high priests or something. Uh, but then in the very short amount of time afterwards, uh, after the split until Jesus, you had something like 300 high priests. And it's because they kept dying because they were doing the rituals and they were doing all these things on the wrong day because they had the wrong calendar. Um, and so, you know, we read in scripture how if a high priest did something in the wrong, uh, on the, in the wrong way or on the wrong day, um, they would just fall dead in the temple. Uh, they, they actually had to wear like a, a robe around them. So if they, if they died, the, uh, other priests could, could pull out their body. Uh, so it was a big deal, but you can actually see that there were, there were hundreds of high, high priests because of that. So the Essenes called themselves children of light because they said that they had the correct, uh, they had the correct solar calendar that, uh, God wanted. And they called the Pharisees, the children of darkness, because they adopted the, the pagan calendar to try to, uh, to try to compensate, to try, try to, um, uh, to, to try to, you know, compensate with this, this other power that was, that was coming in and taking them over. Okay. So that's why you get the children of light, children of darkness language in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now they also, the Essenes also believed in four ages of human history. So according to the Essene calendar, all of human history from creation to the time of the new heavens and new earth is 7,000 years split up into four ages. Um, so we can say that they were dispensationalists, actually. They were, um, they were ancient dispensationalists. Uh, the first three ages are 2,000 years each, and the final age is a 1,000-year uh, Sabbath, which is the millennial reign of Jesus. So, And they, they knew that. Each age is split up into four 500-year unas, uh, and each una is split up into uh, 10 50-year jubilees. So they, they based all of their writings around this, all their prophecy uh, around this. And so that might, you know, we, we would probably wonder, where are we right now? So according to their calendar right now, uh, we are in the year 5945. And there's actually a really good website that Dr. Ken Johnson um, put up called... Uh, dsscalendar.org and you can actually look at the Essene calendar you can look up dates if you have a, a date in mind and you want to check out what happened on that date it's it's such a great resource and actually in the members only section in a little bit we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about where we are in prophecy according to their calendar and how a seven-year tribulation might work out in the future uh, and we're going to throw out some some potential dates now we're not setting dates because i'm not going to tell you when the rapture is going to happen or anything and even the dates that we're going to look at are totally speculative but they do seem to fit with a lot of these uh festivals and things so many of you know that in Jesus first coming, he fulfilled the, the spring festivals, so Passover, things like that. He, he fulfilled those prophetically. Well, we have fall festivals left over uh, that he's going to come and fulfill in his, in his second coming that we're looking forward to. So as of right now, we are in the year, uh, and this is 2020 AD, but um, in the Essene calendar, we would have, we, we would be in the year 5945. And in the year 2025, we will enter the final jubilee of our age before the start of the final thousand year Sabbath, according to the Essene calendar. Now, the calendar might be messed up. There might be reasons to not believe in the Essene calendar, but according to their calendar, um, 
2025, it'll be it'll actually be 5950, and that'll be the final jubilee cycle, the final 50 years before the end of the age in 2075. Now, we have to understand uh, how these ages end and begin. So while the calendar would absolutely put a hard date on the end of one age and the beginning of the next, um, it doesn't really work that way prophetically. So according to the Essene calendar, the end of their age was 75 AD, and we can actually look at that and, and see why. Um, but the beginning of one end of one age tends to bleed over into the uh, end of the other within that final jubilee of an age. So when you have that last jubilee, you have the next age getting ready to begin, but it's bleeding over, and then you have this you have the previous age ending, and that's bleeding over. So you get a little bit of both in that last fifty years. Um. So for example. The age of Torah, which was the age before ours, we're in the age of grace. Uh, the age of Torah, and, and it's it's funny because it's actually called that. So from Adam to the call of Abraham, that's the age of chaos. Uh, from the call of Abraham to Jesus, uh, well, a little after Jesus because we got 75 AD, but we'll we'll get into that. But that's called the age of Torah. And then Jesus initiated what's actually called in the Dead Sea Scrolls the Age of Grace. So we have that from Jesus. Uh, um, well, we have it from 75 A.D. to 2075 A.D. So the Age of Torah was the age before ours, and we would say that our age began with Jesus, which is true. But technically, the end of that last age was in 75 A.D. or their year. 4,000. So we have a lot of prophetic things that happened in that 50 years, that final jubilee between 25 AD and 75 AD. We have Jesus' whole ministry, death, resurrection, uh, Holy Spirit arriving at Pentecost, the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, and the final nail in the coffin of that age was the establishment of a new type of Sanhedrin in Yavne. Uh, and that, that decided... Um, that prayer rather than sacrifice was sufficient. So that was when sacrifice really was done away with there in 75 AD, officially ending the sacrificial system and beginning what is now uh, modern rabbinic Judaism. And again, that occurred in 70 AD. So these ages bleed over. Um, this is also why we have to be careful when the Bible mentions uh, the end of this age, the end of the age, because we have to find out if they're talking about the end of their age or the end of ours or the end of all ages. So Matthew 24 is a good example of that, uh, the end of the age. So what can we expect in our age? Um, if the example we have from the previous age holds up, and if everything is, is accurate in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and if the calendar is accurate, in this final jubilee from the years 2025 to 2075, we should see the rest of prophecy being fulfilled, basically. Um, the only thing that we, well, everything up to the millennial reign of Christ. But this would include the seven-year tribulation, the return of Jesus, the setting up of the millennial kingdom. Um, we have no idea how long it will take Jesus to do all that once he arrives. Uh, it could take 50 years to set up the millennial kingdom, or it could take 50 seconds, you know, so we can't say for sure when he's going to arrive. Uh, so I know, you know, people get nervous when we start 
getting close to like setting dates, but that's not what we're doing because we can't say for sure. We don't know how long it takes to set up the millennial kingdom. Um, but his first coming was in the early part of the final jubilee of the previous age, so it might happen like that in our age. Um, there's some phenomenal things there. Now, in the I, coming up next, I want to talk about. Um, the Apophis asteroid, I have a very good friend, many of you know who he is, um, that believes that Apophis and Wormwood, the Wormwood revelation, uh, that they're both the same thing. And NASA says that Apophis will fly by the Earth in 2029, 2036, and 2068. And it's they're all in the spring. So these dates all fit within, within that 50 uh, year, that final 50 year jubilee of our age the end of our age according to the ancient Essene calendar so that's really interesting to think about and i want to i want to get into that i want to tell you um which of those years i think is the best fit and i want to go through a potential timeline with you and show how there if if wormwood and apophis are the same thing and if there, if that's going to uh, occur in 2029, let's say, or 2036 or 2068, you know, one of these dates, um, we can take one of these dates and plug those numbers into the Essene calendar, and we actually see some really surprising things. Uh, we can see the beginning of the tribulation, the end of the tribulation, and how they en begin and end on uh, like really important dates such as feast days. We can look at other areas of, of prophecy and see how it could all work out. Um, we could we could even look at the rapture and see possibly uh, you know because some people think it might be the uh, that the Feast of Trumpets might be the rapture because the Feast of Trumpets is over the course of two days, so nobody would be able to tell the day or the hour. Um, we don't know for sure that that's what Jesus was saying or, or alluding to, but it could be. So I want to look at all of that, and because it, it, it's important, if 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 there's a possibility of it, then we want to be prepared for that. Um, but either way, however this hands out. We know that Jesus is in control. Uh, he is going to do whatever he wants. You know, God's going to do whatever he wants. So just because a calendar says something does not mean that God is beholden to that. So, you know, 2075 could come and go and nothing happened. Okay. So I want to make sure that we're being really careful and we're not uh, getting too overzealous about this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't think that we should just totally ignore it either and say, well, that's, that's just, that doesn't apply to my life at all. Because it actually does. Uh, so we're going to get into all that, and I, I'm really excited to show you this timeline and to show you how these dates can can line up. And we're going to go through basically the whole seven-year tribulation, and we're going to see how that would fit uh, within one of these dates. But in order to get that, you must come become a member at dailyrenegade.com. And we do that because YouTube deletes our videos, as you well know. Um, we actually just had more videos on this channel the, the, the backup channel for Daily Renegade. As many of you know, this is not the official Daily Renegade channel. That channel had been deleted a long time ago and uh, by YouTube. And so now they're attacking this channel and they're deleting videos off of this channel. So it's going to continue. That's why we have dailyrenegade.com where we can put all of our videos up. We don't have to worry about censorship. Uh, we can put up as many videos as we want. It's not a big deal. Um, so we have that for you, but it uh, costs 
me a lot of money to run that website because we have to pay for the space to uh, house all these videos. And we have to do it in a way where we know they can't be taken down or can't be deleted. And by the way, it's not just me. It's it, it, it's me. It's Gary Wayne, Brian Melvin, Michael Stibbs. Uh, and you get two shows by me. You get the Sharpening Report and um, uh, JPD Weekly, Josh Peck Defense Weekly. Uh, so you get JPD Weekly, Peck Report, Detox Babylon, Christian Marauder, and uh, The Christian Contrarian. So lots of great content, but you can only get the full episodes of uh, everything that we have to offer through the website. So please come and be a member, be a part of the family. What's really great about the website, too, is there's member boards and things. There's ways that you guys can uh, all follow each other, and it, it's kind of like a... We're, we're still working on it, but it's kind of like a mini social media site embedded in the website for members only. So uh, there's there's no trolling you know you don't have to worry about being mocked or made fun of if you have uh, an idea about something we're not about that here uh, we're we're really working hard to build a community of uh, believers where we can have discussions about things we can disagree on things and we can still love each other anyway uh, and that's that's what it's all about um, so Please head on over there, check out everybody else's content, and you'll get the rest of this episode. So members, hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, take care and God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.